Did you feel the earth shaking around 6.30 p.m. yesterday? That's when Chris Christie jumped on in to the Republican presidential race. The room got a lot more crowded with him present there. In fact, he's never really won at anything. He was hoping to win against weight loss, and he had gastric bypass, and he even failed at that. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network. As always, go to AmericaOutloud.com. Check out all of my colleagues' work. They're doing some great things there, as well as you can hear the 24-7 America Out Loud talk radio network. You can download that on anywhere you have your favorite apps, whether that's an Android device or the Apple iPhone. Go to the App Store, and you can also just go to the website to hear all of that content. Let's get straight into the first story here. Yesterday, Chris Christie announced he will be running for the presidency in 2024. Chris Christie has already failed at this in the past. He's failed at almost everything that he's done. Now, I know there's a few people in New Jersey that like him. I know that he's has a bit of a uh, bombastic attitude in the way that he approaches things. I am not a Chris Christie fan whatsoever because chris christie uh has always been just an absolute uh moron when it comes to putting the wrong foot forward maybe he can't see which foot he's putting forward when he looks down but i was hoping as i made that joke at the beginning of the show after his gastric bypass the guy would lose weight in order to help you know, his health that didn't really happen either he's still um i'm not trying to fat shame the guy i guess i am anyway but he's still uh clocking in at a pretty hefty weight now he was backing donald trump originally uh, during donald trump's time and now he is distancing himself from donald trump stating that he's going to be kind of an anti donald trump candidate uh he no longer is going to be aligned with him i think it's important for you to also understand that anthony scaramucci is one of his supporters uh that's going to be important to this conversation as we go but Chris Christie has a lot of problems. If you remember days after Hurricane Savage hit New Jersey, he welcomed President Barack Obama to look at the wreckage and he praised Obama for his response in this. And at the time, everybody's like, oh, it's so great, Chris Christie. Look at all this great bipartisanship that he's doing. It took this. And in many ways, I'd say, you know, that's a good thing to do, especially during the tragedy that they had there. However, it was just a few days before the 2012 presidential election. And Republicans have, for the longest time, blamed Chris Christie for costing Mitt Romney the race in a narrow race, saying that if Chris Christie hadn't uh, given president at the time, uh, Barack Obama, all this praise, that 
in that second term, he may not have won, Mitt Romney would have, but people were coming off this high. And so uh, Chris Christie, when he went to run in the 2016 election, he never really gathered any steam because everybody was basing, the Republicans were basing their, their kind of fear of the 2012 and his alignment and bipartisanship. Um, he also has uh, had some problems with medical marijuana. Now, if you don't know, the New Jersey uh, implementation of the medical marijuana law uh, had a problem with a toddler and his uh, father at a Scotch Plains diner. Uh, the father's name was Brian Wilson, and he wanted Christie to sign the bill so minors could participate in the program and said, please don't let my daughter die. But the governor decided that he was going to uh, not do so, uh, and he ultimately signed a compromised bill, and the Wilson family moved to Colorado, where they could get the anti-seizure medicine in ample supply, showing that Christie was unable to make some minor adjustments to make things accessible in a timely fashion. He missed the mark on that. He also uh, had uh, Supreme Court Justice John Wallace Jr. He refused to reappoint him. Uh, that at the time was the only black member of New Jersey's highest court. And so he wanted to change the court system, uh, but many people uh, saw this as a horrible move. And then the next uh, Senate president, Stephen Sweeney, who um, used to help Christie out, blocked Christie's nominees. Uh, and that feud finally was settled in 2014 of what was going on. But that was another controversy for this guy. You might have heard about Race to the Top before. This was part of his first year in office in New Jersey, where he made a big bid for hundreds of million dollars in federal education reform money. But he fell a few points shy of getting the final spot because he made an application error that cost the state $400 million, and eventually it led to him firing the education commissioner, Brett Schindler. And so Schindler claimed Christie rejected an earlier application that had the approval of one of his fiercest enemies, the New Jersey Education Association, which was the teachers' union. So had Chris Christie followed that, they would have gotten the $400 million, again, showing that he may not be able to lead. And then I live in Delaware, and I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and I'm sick and tired of every single time the Cowboys play the Philadelphia Eagles. You got Christie up in the box with owner Jerry Jones in Philadelphia celebrating. And I'll never forget him in 2015 going to a game and giving this huge hug, jumping up and down during a Dallas playoff victory as well. You know, this guy works in New Jersey and doesn't root for the Giants, doesn't root for the Jets, or just over the bridge, the Eagles. He instead is a Cowboys fan, showing that this guy will align with anybody who he feels will benefit him and have his back. Uh, there's another thing that you might have remembered, I'm not sure, uh, but he made a pension promise to people. He was working with Democrats in New Jersey to uh, bring in a new system that would require employees to contribute more and raise the retirement age and freeze retirees' cost of living adjustments. But he promised that he would ramp up contributions to the public pension fund over the next seven years. However, later he looked at the revenue 
and he decided he was going to abandon that after just two years, and he slashed their uh, contributions, showing that he did not keep his word. Is that who you want as a president? It's not who I want as a president. We also have the ARC Tunnel. In 2010, he uh, ended the nation's largest public works project, the Arc Tunnel. It was supposed to be a second passenger rail uh, that was going to go underneath the Hudson River. And work had begun on it. And then he just goes, we don't got the money. And <laughs> the, the Republicans are like, oh, thank you for being fiscally responsible. Fiscally responsible? This guy lost out on $400 million <laughs> the very next year. Ugh. And then he was kind of just a, a complete moron. Like he had that uh, brand of just being just inappropriate at the the most inappropriate times. Uh, he called a heckler in a crowd an idiot, and it turned out the man was a Navy SEAL. Uh, then refused to apologize. That sounds a lot like Donald Trump. And he also um, had an ice cream cone in his hand, and he got into an argument with another man criticizing his treatment of uh, teachers. That made it onto the TMZ program on national television. Uh, during the anniversary of Hurricane Sandy, uh, when he was heckled, he turned and said to somebody, sit down and shut up, which became kind of what people are like, oh, I like Chris Christie. He tells people, sit down and shut up. Uh, All right, well, all right, Chris Christie, I'll sit down and shut up as soon as you put the fork down and stop eating. Uh, During an on-air audition for a job in New York City, uh, Christie got into a fire exchange with Mike from Montclair, and he then decided to say Montclair residents were communist. Not good for when you're representing that state. Milwaukee Brewers, um, Christie was holding his nachos and he got in a man's face and started yelling at him saying, oh, look at you, you big shot. All right. And then when he ran for president, he spent almost over a year and a half away from New Jersey. And this was during the final parts of his term. So he had completely abandoned the state that he was elected to represent. He also endorsed Donald Trump. He did so because I believe he wanted to have part of the administration. He wanted to be part of that team. And for a while there, uh, he was. And then eventually, after the Trump's uh, campaign was like, you know what, we'll put you in charge of the nation's opioid epidemic. How did that work out for everybody? Huh? Uh, Maybe you remember that during a state government shutdown, I was in New Jersey at this time, he shut down all of the beaches. But then a helicopter found Chris Christie sitting in a a chair, um, a a very good steel chair that could hold the weight. Uh, They held him at the Island Beach State Park. And so then after that, all the memes started happening where it would put Christie in his uh, chair. So he closed what's, you know, not allowed for you and I at the time, but he was happy to put his rear end onto the beach when he closed it for everybody else. And then... If that wasn't enough, you got what was called Bridgegate. Now, during this time, it was about the fall of 2013. Chris Christie, the Republicans either loved or hated him, but there were a lot of people that really loved the guy. And he had also just won his re-election. Time Magazine had wrote him up as a presidential hopeful, and then all of a sudden, Bridgegate happens. If you don't know what this is, it's his uh, Christie's allies were accused of shutting down lanes on the George Washington Bridge to cause traffic jams in Fort Lee in order to punish the town's Democratic mayor because he didn't endorse the governor for his re-election. Now, it went to court. 
Two were found uh, guilty in federal court, while third pleaded guilty, which means it actually happened. So this guy also helped order uh, that people would take, you know, underhanded approaches to not supporting him. Now, he's denied any involvement. He was never charged. Uh, but to this day, it's still one of the worst looks for Chris Christie uh, out of all of that time. So, yes, he's running for president and <laughs> all he's doing is bringing a lot of hot air. I'm guessing somebody is putting him up so that way when Trump's in the room, he can tell him to shut shut up and sit down or do something that's very Chris Christie-esque. And the loser here is the Republican Party. The Republican Party needs to find decorum and fast. They lack decorum in many ways. It's a bunch of people who want to make headlines with things that they say um, and have reactionary. They need to bring back rational arguments and feelings. And right now, this is a worst case scenario for those debates, having Chris Christie back in the race. But get ready. Because next week, we're going to hear that Mike Pence is entering the race. That is what his aides are starting to talk about. So we'll have that as well. All right, everybody, take a quick break here. What do you think? Chris Christie, is he fit to lead or do you wish that he never entered the 24 race? You can reach out to me on Twitter at RealGregBolden or email me, Greg, at AmericaEmbolden.com. Same thing, you can find my website there, AmericaEmbolden.com. As always, if you can reach out and uh, help support our sponsors, they help keep the lights on here at America Out Loud, keep that website going, uh, keep all the programming on there. Uh, so support them, and in turn, you're supporting all of our work. All right, everybody, you're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the wellness company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud.
Welcome back, Bold Americans, second half of the show. And here on Thursday, I now have the news I was waiting for. Kevin McCarthy has spoken. The House has voted and they have passed. What Kevin McCarthy says is the biggest spending cut in American history. However, that does not seem to be the necessarily uh, case of the situation. First, he couldn't even get uh, 71 of his Republicans to come across the aisle in order to vote for this, which means that he he didn't even have um, support in an overwhelming way. I believe this would be about 40 percent of the Republicans that voted were not with McCarthy or just under 40 percent. The other thing is, this is not uh, a cut of the debt limit. The debt limit is still, well, the national debt is still going to continue to increase. In fact, uh, as part of this, they expanded this until 2025, which means Joe Biden now has a blank check, basically, in order to continue. What they did do is cut uh, a few billion dollars here and there, a few hundred million dollars here and there, and call it a day. That is not what the American people wanted. People are up to their eyeballs at the present moment in debt. This changes nothing at all. This doesn't change the fact that people are hurting from inflation from a Federal Reserve. It doesn't change any of that situation whatsoever. Now, there is uh, the good news in here, the 87,000 IRS agents, their funding is now out for this year, not for next year. So they'll likely just be next year. But it sounds like a great talking point for Kevin right now to play to his base. But it really doesn't mean much. The Democrats actually voted for this in a uh, bipartisan type of vote where they got it to the finish line. Uh, the Republicans could not get this to the finish line on their own, and they needed a overwhelming support from Democrats so that the Republicans really win. Who won in all of this? Well, I think the biggest loser is the United States taxpayers. And the reason why we're the biggest losers, the rest of us, is because it really needed to come down to a default. Washington, D.C., and our United States government needed to get to the point where we had to feel the economic pain. And I know there's a few people that think that I'm crazy for saying this, that the default needed to happen, that some government jobs needed to be cut completely. But it is the truth. This kicks the can down. This just simply means that by 2025, we'll likely be closing on $40 trillion in debt. That's right, $40 trillion dollars in debt over the next two years that's likely where that number is going to go this does nothing to rein in spending this does nothing to stop this blank check that joe biden seems to be able to go to to fund the ukrainian war uh, this does nothing in order to keep from the pork that's coming in what does happen is uh now we basically see a Republican party and a Democrat party that is truly a uni party. That's all it is. They are truly a uni party. Now, uh, Speaker McCarthy says, you know, ever since before I got in as speaker, I knew that I was going to be facing this. And so this was my number one concern. And Joe Biden wouldn't even take my calls. And then once he did take my calls, you know, this is a big win. <laughs> Kevin, you got played. You got played by Joe Biden. Uh, but there is somebody who was a really big, big winner in all of this. 
and his name is United States Senator Joe Manchin. If you didn't hear about uh, Joe Manchin and the pipeline, <laughs> what he was able to get into these agreements, I'd love to know uh, what type of deal he worked out in the back room to get the, uh, the gas pipeline deal out of the debt ceiling deal. That is absolutely amazing. Now, I have to... Uh, <laughs> I have to figure out if anything was taken out before the final vote. I didn't listen to the entire C-SPAN thing. Uh, I don't believe it was taken out, which means that the Virginia and West Virginia uh, pipeline, they were able to uh, connect without any more regulations now that this whole thing is going to happen. I'll tell you what, Joe Manchin, maybe that's the type of leadership in some respects that we need in this country. Uh, somebody who was looking out for his people that he was representing in that moment. And he really goes against what the Democrats uh, wanted out of all this. Uh, so the Mountain Valley pipeline, uh, the uh, Republicans are saying that the Congress finds it's in the national interest. Now, it does uh, <laughs> contribute or produce 90 million tons of greenhouse gas emissions per year. And so as a result, there's been a lot of environmentalists that have been against this. But now it's all going to happen. The thing's going to get built. It's not going to have a problem. And so the uh, <laughs> Congress has supported this as a part of it. And I find that to be overwhelmingly hilarious. So who is Joe Manchin, by the way, in case, you know, you're living under a rock and you really don't know uh, too much about this guy? Well, he's an older gentleman who many people said may run for office. He, he may run for president. And I guess at this point in time, if you're like going to be nearing 80 years old by the time you become president, you're allowed to run because it seems like everybody belongs in a nursing home that's still uh, <laughs> effectively running in office. Uh, but he's been the governor of West Virginia. Uh, he has been a ranking member on the Senate Energy Committee in the past. Uh, he is the chair now of the Senate Energy Committee. Um, he's been a United States Senator from West Virginia for years. I think it goes all the way back to um, the 19. Uh, 1986. Yep, 1986. Then he took a break, came back, and um, is serving. So anyway, he's part of the Democrat Party. Could we have another Democrat running for president against Joe Biden? Could this man, this young, I mean, he's young compared to Joe Biden. I mean, he's like five years younger. Could he uproot everything? I mean, if you're able to get a deal done that's unpopular within your own party and work with the Republicans in order to make that happen, I mean, that's some wheeling and dealing in the back room. And let's be honest, the Republicans were going to be all about that deal from the get-go. No one in the Republican Party was going to be shooting that down. That's, that's a win for them, too. Uh, but there's not a lot of smiles that should be going around for all this because the debt ceiling, it's just going to continue to increase over the next two years. The cuts, they sound good on paper, but it really doesn't do much. Big story came out uh, yesterday. It was in USA Today, and I'm not sure if people saw this, so I thought it was important to cover it on my show. There are suspected Chinese spies that are disguising themselves as tourists who have tried to infiltrate the Alaskan military bases. Yes, you, you heard that right. There are Chinese citizens that are pretending to be tourists, 
but they're likely spies for China who have made several attempts now in the past few years to get onto our military facilities. And <laughs> these are some of our most sensitive bases. Right? <laughs> I know some of the stuff that's up there, so I'm not even going to, uh, to mention in case any of that's kind of secret. Although if I know it, I'm sure other people do as well. Uh, but during the time they were doing this, when they stopped some of these individuals, they found a drone inside their vehicle that was likely going to be flown in order to capture more information. Um, they're also uh, saying that, oh, we're just there to see the Northern Lights. That's all they want to see, the Northern Lights. They're right next to the military bases, though. It's amazing how that seems to happen. Uh, so there seems to be some interest from the uh, Chinese government in studying Alaska, from these balloons that flew over just uh, several months ago to now hearing the story about using spies. There's also a large amount of Chinese uh, young men who have been coming over the border, the southern border. And people have been asking, you know, is this part of the military coming over? I don't know what that answer is, but it does seem really interesting that some of these caravans that are coming up from uh, Central America are including uh, a lot of Chinese nationals. I'm going to keep my eye on that. And then that gets to President Xi yesterday telling China's national security chief to prepare for all worst case scenarios saying that there should be stormy seas possibly coming up into the future. And so our national security has increased significantly the threats against us. He says that they're going to undergo a major test of high winds and rough waves and perilous stormy seas. President Z is turning into a poet, it sounds like there. But what is it that he's looking at? Is this the Taiwan invasion? Is it the response from the United States? Is he concerned about the yuan, the dollar? What's coming down the pike in July? The Fed Now program, how the United States might try to take control of currency as that gets introduced. There's no turning back once Fed Now gets turned on, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. That's not going to happen. But he does want uh, lots of legislation right now to come up with uh, how to protect himself against perceived threats, laws against counterterrorism, counterespionage, cybersecurity, foreign non-government organizations, national intelligence, and data security. So that's everything that Z is asking his security people to take serious. And... Uh, this is all at the exact same time that we have about five more countries that are moving to the one instead of the dollar as an acceptable form for their payment. China each day is growing stronger and stronger. The United States, we're over here figuring out, oh, how do we just keep our debt from sounding bad to people? How do we, how do we make sure people aren't too upset with us about the fact that every single citizen of the United States, if they were to be issued a bill, would likely owe us, you know, $400,000 in order to be made whole, including, you know, newborn babies or being born into $400,000 worth of debt. That's the reality. That's the truth of the situation that's going on right now. Uh, don't take my words for it. I'm just uh, telling it as it is. All right. I'm going to keep this show a little bit short because I have a little bit of a crisis here. If you've made it to the end of the show, I want you to hear what's going on. Obviously, uh, if you've heard the whole story, I uh, totaled my car 
back in the middle of April. And then a few weeks ago, uh, two Fridays ago, I broke my ankle and tore ligaments, a piece of bone pulled off with the ligament. So that stunk, but they say everything comes in threes and my computer that I do my podcast on my trusty production computer has died. So thank God I had a laptop home with me from work uh, and I normally don't like to mix work and business like this together. So I need to get a solution rather quickly, uh, but I'm recording on my laptop. So if it sounds a little bit different than the shows normally sound, uh, that is because I'm on different software than I normally record on. I'm not using logic. I'm using Adobe audition. Uh, so again, if anyone would like to support the purchase of a new computer now to help support the show, uh, I just bought a brand new car uh, with <laughs> part of the money that I was given for the settlement. I'm dealing with my ankle uh, and now I need to buy a new computer. These are tough times, uh, but don't worry about me. I'll get through one way or the other. But if you do feel generous and you want to donate anything towards a new production computer for the show, you have my Give, Send, Go. Just type in America Embolden on Give, Send, Go. Page will pop right up or you can buy me a cup of coffee. I know that some links weren't working on my website, but I will work to try to get those back up and running as quickly as possible for fans of the show. That's all I have. Tomorrow is going to be Friday, which means we'll be visited by my good friend, Chris Michaels to recap all the stories of the week. And that also means I got to figure out how to do that without my regular computer and camera and everything else. But I will, I will figure it out. You don't worry. American Bolden will be back in your homes uh, or cars or ears, wherever you're listening to this. I guess everybody listens with their ears, but you get the point. All right, everybody, that's it for today. I hope I honored your time well. Gave you some food for thought. We got Chris Christie, Mike Pence coming up soon. June 7th, we'll be announcing. And we have the debt ceiling. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Uh-huh.